This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to MK1 Podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, after not recording a proper episode last week, it feels a little bit weird to jump back onto the mic this week, but um, I can rest assured that we're in a lot of better moods this week than we were last. So, yeah, you're glad to be back. Um, Ross, how are you, mate? Feel good? Yeah, I'm doing all, all, all well. I'm hoping for a nice, quiet weekend in this uh, Saturday. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a nice, uh, quiet bank holiday. Yeah, not much happening. There's always there, really, to be honest, Joe. I mean, not like we got automatic promotion on the cards at all. Yeah, I know. I think um, there's a bit of excitement last night, given the events. And um, I think it's just now just getting through these last couple of days at work and then uh, on to Plymouth for Friday afternoon. Yeah, I, I actually watched the um, the Sutherland game in my work office because i got the Master TV in there. I can just project it onto there. And yeah, the the scenes that when when um, they sent about putting the back of their net was unbelievable, to be honest. Uh, especially in a pitch back office at what was it nine thirty or something. But yeah, no, it was an interesting moment. And uh, hey, listen, it set up a, a pretty exciting weekend, which I think everyone kind of hoped that it would come down to this point, or hopefully done by now. But if not this point, and uh, here we are. So yeah, it's going to be a very exciting weekend, I'm sure. Um, we'll go into that later on. Um, We've got to get the boys out of the way with first course reviewing Morecambe and chatting about a few player of the year awards and a few appearances in team of the seasons. But yeah, and then of course we'll get on to Plymouth later. But yeah, I mean, we'll start with Morecambe. Um, obviously, it's the last home game of the season. You know, it's it's massive fixture in respect of things. Of course, other teams playing and there was a chance for us to get a leg up and took a great basis, basically. Um, a 2 0 win at home to round off the season. I think it was really professional performance in the end. I know there was a few times with players like with like Stockton up front. I know Connolly was causing a few troubles on the wing, uh, as Connolly's do. Um, but yeah, Harry Harry Darden took it into his own hands and scored a brilliant individual goal, really, um, for his own half, ran it into the box, cut back, and proper strike is finished, to be fair. And, you know, it's, that's basically what we've seen from Harry Darden this season and the reason why he got into 
League One team season this season um, as, as a part of a back three. So, yeah, 1-0 at halftime. Um, I was fairly comfortable. I didn't feel any any real panic in that first half. It's one of those games where, I think about it early in the season, where we play these sort of teams that are lower down the table who, yes, they're fine for points, but you got the quality over them. You can see the clear quality differences between the two teams. And um, luckily, we put into bed in the second half through Daniel Harvey. Um, never in on the left wing and actually shooting his right foot. Bit of a scuff shot on the end, but it went to the bottom corner. And um, yeah, that was at the end of the day. Um, and I didn't really feel too much threat from Morecambe the whole game, but a professional performance, Ross, that um, saw us get you know, quite a key three points, really. Yeah, it was a key three points, obviously, because of we needed that response. Um, from obviously the Easter weekend, um, obviously not picking up any points from Sheffield Wednesday or Oxford. I think this is a game to get back on track and obviously I know um, we're looking at other people to do a job for, for us if we are to get automatics, but it was a case of just trying to build some momentum and um, get. I'm not saying the, the, the dressing room would have been in, in a bad way, but you, you, you've got to admit after defeats against obviously top sides like that, they're going to be disappointed and um, yeah, it was nice to see obviously as to bounce back with up three points. And I think you highlighted it um, quite briefly there, Liam, in the sense of there was control to the game. I think the stats show that over 70% possession. I don't believe they had a shot on target. So um, against teams like this, especially in the lower half, um, sometimes you can go into cruise control and uh, take, take your foot off the gas. And um, sometimes you get punished for that. And you've got to credit the lads. Um, they don't, they don't look down on certain opposition, no matter where they are in the table. And um, you just have to look at the quality of the goal through Harry Darling, where he, yeah, granted he got gets a lot of space, but he's still got to, he's still got to put it in the back of the net, and it's a quality finish from there, I must say. Um, and then obviously Dan Harvey, who I felt potentially man of the match for me. Um, he was one of his best games in the shirt. Um, I'm not sure. Um, why he was pointing over to the bench when he scored, but he, I felt a lot in this game. Um, he was cutting on the inside, and uh, there, there we have it. He cuts on the inside and he scores a goal. Yeah, Grant, it's it's a it's a deflected shot um, or scuff shot more, um, but full full praise to him. Um, but yeah, it's nice to get obviously round off the season at home with three points, and um, I think it's just a case of put just putting pressure on Rotherham. And seeing where it unfolded, and fortunately, it uh, it went our way on obviously yesterday. So, yeah, so when you're relying on Carl Robinson to do your favours, it's not exactly going to go down too well for you. But um, yeah, luckily Sunderland set it to the task and gave us at least a chance um, on Saturday to you know achieve a, a task that I don't think any of us really saw happening towards the end of the season, especially after the way it started. So, yeah, to be in that position, it's very positive. Um, Joe, how did you find the Morecambe home game? Obviously, me and Ross felt it was a fairly controlled performance. Did you feel the same? Yeah, I think it was just, um, you know, after three games about a win. Um, and not none of those games really had bad performances. I think even you know, Sheffield Wednesday, we weren't necessarily bad, but it, it was almost similar to the Rotherham game in the fact that the goals, it was just, they, you know, they were just sloppy, really. Um, I say with Oxford, didn't play bad, played amazing first half. And then, just a sucker punch of a goal from the one the one mistake which we made in the whole game pretty much. So 
yeah, really important to just have that solid performance. Uh, you mentioned about no, Ross mentioned no shots on target. Well, they had four shots in the entire game, and all of them were from outside the box. Um, so that, I think that really was, is, you know, it's quite outstanding. And um, yeah, I mean, like, like I said before, no frills really, but they just got the job done. Um, yeah, as Ross mentioned with Dan Harvey, I thought he, he was cutting in a lot more onto his right foot. And, you know, he has actually got quite a good right foot. And because uh, I think with, you know, with Kane Kessler, he's, you know, he can just play it past his man and sprint past him because he is rapid. Whereas, you know, we've said before, Harvey's much more about his passing and his positioning. And so I think coming in on his right foot, it does help him out a bit and, you know, becomes a bit more involved. Um, I thought Twine was good as well, you know, really busy. And then um, obviously Darling's goal. I mean, it was an amazing goal. Crap defended, but yeah, an amazing goal. Uh, strike is finished nine for the season now. Um, so you know, if he could make it double digits on Saturday, um, that would certainly be uh, very, very welcome indeed. Yeah, if H got out in the locker, um, most definitely that would, that would please a lot of people in Milton Keynes, that's for sure. And uh, of course, in the stands. Um, I want to touch on this because obviously we saw the team against Oxford, and I think it was a very different one to what most of us expected in terms of the team that the 11 that was planned to go on the pitch. And I think the one that was against Morecambe, I think a lot of people described it as more quote unquote attacking than um, the side against Oxford did and things like that. And of course that was, that was done by the instructor, David Kasuma and Theo Corbeno. Were you, were you two boys surprised by those two being brought in for that game? Or did you feel that it was necessary? And I know the result kind of maybe suggests one way or the other, but regardless of the result. I think, Given Hiram's performance at Oxford, it was the right decision to put Theo in. I think Hiram, again, he, it was one of them where he had moments and you're like, oh, that, that is, no one else on the pitch can do this. But the majority of the game, you just wanted him, you were screaming at him to get involved. Um, he was too much just sort of on the periphery of the game, I thought, at Oxford. Whereas with Theo, he's constantly looking for the ball. His pressing is a lot more aggressive, um, right? Much more in your face, and you know, let's face it, the pressing of our front three, you know, it's been probably the key to our success in the last twenty games or so. Um, I think it's the last 15, 20, 25 and thirty games we've been the best in League One, and you know, it's no coincidence after we had that little, you know, that mini blip before Christmas, you know, when Troy wasn't playing great, Mo wasn't really scoring. Um, you know, that's when, you know, we maybe weren't working as hard, but Mo, you know, Mo started the new year, he was pressing, Troy was pressing. And so I think having that new found work ethic, um, or, well, not even new found, but, you know, discovering the form from earlier in the season, that really helped. Um, and yeah, Kasumu in from Kekran, I think that Kekran, he, um, he, he's, again, he's solid, but I think with Dave, he, he, he might not, say keep hold of the ball as well as Josh McEachran but he's, I think he's a bit more direct with, with his dribbling um, he can he can carry it forward um, so and maybe this is not with an eye to Plymouth coming up with you know someone that I think we're, we're all big fans of uh, and hate at the same time in the Panuche Kamara maybe potentially you know that could be a real key uh, key matchup come Saturday so yeah I, I, I liked both of the changes um, and you know, it, it was it was a good performance from both of them. 
Yeah, yes, I thought so. And I, I thought that personally was the 11 that should have started against Oxford. You know, who knows what would have happened. You know, hindsight's a beautiful thing if they had played and played the full 90 because, you know, you saw the impact that when they did come on, you know, we started to get elements of the game back and what happened, happened. Ross, I don't know if you had anything to add on uh, Joe's points. No, it's just about the intensity, what the, those two who came in on Saturday bring. Um, obviously, with Boateng, I, I do feel like um, Manning wanted bit more control in the middle of the pitch and the first what 15 20 minutes he had that um but I just feel obviously with Boateng um it gets to a certain point obviously in second half where the over the midfield were getting overran and his engine was starting to go and that's where I questioned obviously whether Kasumi should have been on earlier um so he, he could have dictated the game a lot more but obviously um they got the goal late on and obviously um it's always going to be a hard fight getting uh, coming back when uh, Oxford are 1-0 up at home. Yeah, exactly. They're one of the better home teams in the league. And once you give them that goal, especially that late, you know, it's uh, it's a tough battle to fight, that's for sure. Um, I suppose one, one last point to take from the game is that I didn't realise until I looked back at some of the stats and realised a bit a bit research into Plymouth and how I think they were set up on Saturday. And I feel that how we played and the style of football we played against Morecambe is probably very similar to the one that we played against Plymouth on Saturday. And whether that's because we allow ourselves to do that or the opposition allow us to do that is, I suppose, going to be up to us on the day. You're having 70% possession, of course, having the majority of shots, shots on target, corners, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, without going too much into that preview, you know, Plymouth are one team who actually sit back quite a lot as the not really high-pressing team and, we could see a lot of the ball again on Saturday. So whether we go again with a Kaz or a Theo, we'll go back to say a Josh and maybe it is still Theo, but it'd be interesting to see what Manning does in terms of his 11 with regards to retaining the ball, keeping control of the game. And I don't want to say it, but taking a, a Russ Martin approach to the game rather than um, in terms of limiting the opponent's actions, so you can control more of your actions. Um, but I'm sure we'll get into it later on and see what, we all think of it basically because it's, it's it's interesting debate to have. But of course, player of the season awards for the EFL were commenced this week just gone. Uh, of course, MK Lons were pretty heavily involved on and off the pitch. I know um, the set missed out on a few awards, which is a shame, but um, on the pitch, some of the players were credited. Uh, of course, Scott Twine and Harry Darling got into the League One team of the season, and rightfully so. Um, of course, Harry Darling being sent being in the back three and Scott Twine being in as the attacking midfielder of the front three. Um, you know, I, I'm sure we'll all agree that and we'll get on to that. You know, both of them thoroughly deserved it this year and have both been absolutely detrimental parts to um, where we are this season. So fair play to them. And I think that's reflected in also Scott Twine winning you know, player of the season for the league. I feel I think most fans, most Don's fans have been saying that Scott Twine's best, best player of the league for absolutely months. And you know, that award reflects it. So, Ross, I'm sure you, you thoroughly agree that both players have the awards that they got on the night. Yeah, 100%. I feel, obviously, um, I think you could say many players in, obviously, in our, our squad um, have obviously contributed to the season. Like Warren O'Hara, we all know that he's a very underrated performer in our squad and um, he's started to become one of the biggest figures in our squad. So, uh, obviously, we could pick at any players, but obviously, Darling and Twine, there have been two standouts. Obviously, Darling, um, obviously, he's vastly improved um, 
since obviously joining from Cambridge. And it's not just defensively. We saw how many clean sheets we're keeping. But we mentioned that at the start of the pod, that obviously his goals are coming into his game now. And um, if you're doing that at both ends of the pitch, you're, you're going to have top clubs looking at you. And then obviously for Twine, we knew what um, what, what of a steal he, he was in the summer when we got him. Um, and obviously, um, I think we have, we've got to pay um, Swindon so much in compensation if we do sell him. But um, it's a it's a cracking signing, and um, you, you've just got to applaud the recruitment and everyone above for getting him in. But also, Scott is a player. Scott, obviously, he hasn't always had it um, his way this season. He's been double teamed, and he's adapted his game to suit that. And I think, obviously, I believe it's thirty goal con- thirty goal contributions this year. Um, or it's. Or is it 29? I can't remember. I think it's 30. It's 29. 29 oh, I'm, I'm hoping it's 30 on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's a, he's a cracking player and um, he certainly will be a hard one to keep at the club come the summer, no matter where we are, um, because of he's an outstanding player. And um, I think you can tell just through listen, listening to him that he loves his club and he appreciates the club for what we've done to his development. And... Um, I think the League One Player of the Season trophy is just just highlights that really. Yeah, the, the smile on, on on Twiney's face, and I think from what he said, the smile on his dad's face as well. We you know was a was a testament to how well he's how well he's done this season. And yeah, as Ross, as Ross said, you know, you know, whether we keep him next season, whether he goes on to a different passages, you know, he's been absolutely fantastic this season and uh, fully deserving of that award and Joe I'm sure you agree on on both accounts of, for both players that it's a thoroughly deserved recognition for their contributions this season yeah absolutely um, you know Scott Twiney he came in with big not so much big ex- expectations but big shoes to fill in Scott Fraser you know Scott Fraser I think we forget how instrumental he was for us last season and you know Twine's come in and he, he's just done he's done fantastically for us um both scoring and assisting, you know, our set pieces this season. Um, it's, you know, another element of our game where last season we, we weren't too good at it, to be honest. And, you know, that I think that goes hand in hand with uh, someone to get on the end of those Scott Twine crosses in Harry Darling. Nine goals for the season is, yeah, absurd. Um, Scott Twine's actually can see, um, assisted three of those Harry Darling goals. So I think you can tell, you know, which ones they were. Um, Dean Lewington, by the way, what an assist for Harry Darling's goal on the Saturday. I don't know, I know how I know. If Darling could have scored it without. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, with Twine, uh, I know it, it's it's been said quite a few times now. But his pressing and you know his work rate, I, he must be knackered at, by ninety minutes. And I think another thing, he comes across just so he's so, as so humble. You know, I really don't think he's the sort to sort of throw his toys out of the pram when things don't go his way. He just gets his head down and gets on with it, and he's. You know, the amount of times, that he, I think he's the most fouled player in the league. And not once has he kicked out, lashed out, you know, started getting gobby to the ref or anything like, you know, of course he'll have a little moan or whatever. But he's, yeah, you know, he holds himself with a great, you know, a very mature head on young shoulders. And, you know, he could say the same for Harry Darling. And, um, you know, Harry Darling, I think we, we said it before. I think, I can't remember the game where Warren O'Hara and Darling. Uh, oh, Lincoln. It was Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah. So um, yeah, obviously the uh, the Lincoln game uh, uh, where you know Darling and O'Hara both scored. It's you know we weren't necessarily able to break down Lincoln and we were struggling a bit. And 
all of a sudden you've got two centre-backs that pop up with goals in open place. So, you know, it just adds another dimension to our game. Um, and if he comes out of defence, you know, with the ball like he often does, it, it gives the opposition something to think about and it frees up space for other players. So, yeah, both of them are so key for what we're trying to do. And, um, yeah, couldn't be happier for them. And, I mean, yeah, take your pick for a Don's player of the season, I guess, because I think... Along with, um, you know, I've personally went for Warren O'Hora. I think, you know, he's been just, you know, seven out of ten every week with a few eights, nines and tens thrown in there. So, um, yeah, like it's, uh, you know, and it's great to see, you know, uh, some recognition for our players on, you know, from their peers and, and from other people in the league. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, definitely on Don's player season, you know, I think, but even for the, the team in general, or for the league one team in general, I think any of the back three could have got in there, to be honest. I mean, I've seen more. If O'Reilly stayed, he'd be in there. Oh, yeah. He'd be first pair on the team sheet, I think, to be honest. I think when O'Reilly was in the league, him and him and Twine were very much one and two best players in the league. And I feel, I think a lot of, lot of, lot of clubs shared that, that, that notion, not just us for being uh, biased MK Dons fans. But now I feel that, yeah, the back three of O'Hara, Darling, Lewington, could have easily gotten to that team this season. Louis with his progressive play and, you know, I think easily is seven out of eight, seven to eight, ten out of ten performances every week. And yeah, Warren for the consistency. And I think the last month or two, he's really reset up his game and taking stuff on the chin. You can see the maturity and the level-headedness in the bloke. And um, yeah, very, very good player. And if, if he's here next season, I think we'll be very fortunate also because uh, wouldn't be surprised if some data analysts and West picked up something on him and... Uh, has watched a bit of game film and um, suggested someone. So, yeah, we're very fortunate to have a very good team and um, it's good to see some of them get get recognised uh, league-wide because they deserve it, quite frankly, for the season they've put together. Okay, we'll take a short little break and then we'll move on to the big game against Plymouth on Saturday. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Okay, Plymouth away, the big one for Milton Keynes. Obviously, it's, it's, it's a massive game. There's no... Probably, probably the biggest game Cubs had. Probably said Manchester one, to be fair. I think it's some significance. Obviously, it says it's probably bigger than that game, to be fair. It's... It's obviously on Sky now. Of course, Sky plays tough. They always do. Um, huge, huge game. And we're going to go talk about a lot about the game and what we think about it in general. But I think first of all, as we usually do, we'll round off some just top-line stuff that gives you an insight of what Plymouth are like and how they played this season. So uh, Plymouth are sixth in the league at the moment, 80 points. So really in that promotion battle and playoff battle um, to try and get into the championship, much like ourselves. Um, a lot of that's been down to the home form this year. Um, again, the sixth and sixth on the season in terms of home form, uh, 46 points. Uh, pretty good run at home recently also with unbeaten at home in six, winning five of those games. Um, but it is worth noting that they last lost at home to Rotherham. I think that was in the end of February. Um, but the important thing is they've when they've played a big team at home that are fighting it towards the top of the league, they haven't had two results against them. So at home this season, they've lost to... Of course, Rotherham has mentioned a Wigan at home. They've lost to Wickham, um, and that accounts for you know three out of their four losses at home uh, this year. I think the other one was maybe Bolton. Um, so Lincoln. you know, or was it Lincoln? Apologies, Lincoln. 
Thanks the earphone, Joe. Um, see, that shows you that, you know, when they play a big team, and even Lincoln, to be fair, are quite a, a team that like to play decent football. You know, they do come a bit unstuck, to be fair. So that's, that's positive reading for Don's fans who are hoping for a result here, which I'm sure we all are. Um, of course, the gaffer, Stephen Schumacher, was with um, Ryan Lowe when he was here before he moved to Preston. Um, of course, he's his assistant, and now he's taking over as a full-time gaffer and done a fantastic job, to be fair, to put that team in a position of where they are. Um as mentioned um, earlier in the episode, you know, I think from a season-wide perspective, they've been one of the lower-level pressing sides in the uh, in the league. Um, I think they're bottom five or bottom six in terms of pressing numbers. So they're going to let Dons have the ball, basically. Um, they're going to try and capitalise on our mistakes and use their front two um, to try and gain advantage on us. Um, for, my, for my memory, a front two against us hasn't done too much damage against us, but a front three has, so... It'd be interesting to see how they incorporate that into their game. Um, going into a bit more of a data side of things for everyone that loves data and everyone that hates it. Um, their open play expected goals against is uh, 45 goals of the season, but they've actually only conceded 30. That, that's obviously quite a promising stat, but you then realise that they've got um, Michael Cooper in goal, who is, you know, according to the league one, a team of season, the best keeper in the league, um, won a hat-trick of awards for players a player of the season supporters player of the season and another one that I'm forgetting um he's had a fantastic season he's one of their own players as well from their academy so he's yeah he's a very very good keeper so if we can get a few goals against us in this weekend uh, we've done very well um and it's easy to see why that he got the recognition that he did deserve um some injury news also uh, before I pass over to Joe so Joe, Joe Edwards the captain who's been one of the most influential players this season if you go off terms of impact on the pitch and terms of points they've gained, he's actually uh, gained the second most when you look at 30-plus games this season. Uh, the first being, of course, Ryan Hardy, who's the top goal scorer. Um, so he's quite an influential player to them. And he's been out of an ankle sprain for the past three weeks or so. So he'll be keen to, well, we'll be keen to keep an eye out for Schumacher's press conference to see if he's going to play or not. Um, hasn't played in any of the games recently, so it's uh, one to keep a note of. As is um, Kamara, who I know I'm, I'm a big fan of. I have been for years. Um, we were told that he's out for this game, so that's that's a massive bonus for us. Um, massive boost. May not even make the playoffs, apparently. Really? That one. That, that's yeah, that's just, massive. Just found, yeah. Because I mean, he yeah, because he is well. Well, I don't want to say too much, but he is one of the best players in the league for me. Um, really, really good player, box box midfielder. So the fact that he isn't going to play on Saturday is a massive boost to our midfield too. Coventry and whether it's Bakekrin or Kasumu, um, that should give them a bit of a boost. And maybe we overload the midfield a bit more and try and get get a hold of that one because that could be quite a key a key um men's change in this game. But um Joe, any any further notes on Plymouth before we dive into some other things? Um yeah, I think um obviously just as well just to explain the permutations ahead of Saturday. Um we've got um you know, so we're, we're one point behind Rotherham. They've got a much better goal difference. So we have to win and hope that our friends, uh, Stuart O'Keefe and Ben Reeves, along with others at Gillingham, uh, can do us a favour and take points off um, off of um, off of Rotherham, um, who, who uh, Gillingham themselves are going to be scrapping to stay up on the final day. So just so, you know, it's clear, we have to win this game. Um I think that yeah, one thing with Rotherham is, uh, sorry, Plymouth, a lot of their solidity comes from Jordan Houghton, who we're very familiar with, um, a great player. However, I think he very much would have 
would assume that a lot of those legs in midfield would have come from the likes of Kamara. You know, we saw Houghton at MK, and whilst he was great, he does have his limitations. There's some things that he's very, very good at, and there's some things which he was less good at. And I think especially in the penalty area, I think he did give away a few penalties, a few sort of clumsy fouls. Um, so I think, you know, counter-attacks, etc. I think it could be some, that could be an area where we do expose them, especially as, you know, the other two midfielders that they're going to likely be playing in Mayer, uh, Danny Mayer and Ryan Broom. Whilst very good, they're both very attacking. So again, does potentially leave the back three of Wilson, Scar and Gillespie um, potentially exposed, um, you know, and, and Wilson perhaps not the most with mobile. So, you know, with Scott Twine, potentially Theo um, and, and Troy buzzing around, you know, that, that there could be, you know, some problems for them. Um, so, yeah, but, and, and, and as well, you know, Plymouth there um, only got a one, uh, they're only in the playoffs on goal difference. So they need to either match or better uh, Wickham's result. Um, so again, there's another sort of spanner that's been thrown into the works in the fact that Plymouth need to win that game. So if it's a draw late on and they throw their keeper up trying to win it, it could be an open goal of the 94th minute winner for the Dons there. But oh, God, who's been dreaming of these scenarios? I don't know. I mean, yeah. So again, you know, they're a very good team. I think Ryan Hardy has just come back from injury as well. So, you know, that, that's a boost for them. I think he might be their top goal scorer this season. So, yeah, they're a great team. And at home, I don't think they conceded in seven matches. Um, so, but then again, we, we heard about how good Rotherham's record was and then we went there and beat them with 10 men. So, there you go. Yeah, they're definitely a very good team, but so are we. Yeah, they're, they're losing to the big teams at home. What, what can we say? Um, the records are there to prove it this season. So, the reason why we can't go there and get a result. Um, and speaking of permutations, of course, there is a situation where we can win the league on Saturday. Um, it takes like, what is it, six or seven goal swings in a city like that. But um, there is that There is that there, just in case people chase, chase us up on it. At least Wigan will be playing Shrewsbury, who are famous for the amount of goals they score, aren't they? <laughs> or, more, more, or should I say famous for the lack of goals they score? Yeah, do you reckon I'll get seven? Probably not. Um, so you might, we, might, we might have to get a few ourselves um, to work that out. But... Um, Ross, what are, what are your thoughts heading into Saturday, mate? I think this is a huge game, and it's not just in terms of the automatics. I think this is a statement for the playoffs as well. Um, you obviously talked about, obviously, going into the playoffs with a bit, bit of momentum. Um, I think this is a perfect game. Obviously, we saw um, Sheffield Wednesday. Obviously, I know it's on TV, and Manning talked about, obviously, this being probably one of the first times they've played in front of the cameras and this and that. And um, I think this is a perfect opportunity for some of the lads to say, look, I'm made for this stage. I'm, I'm ready to play in front of the cameras and make an impact. And I think, in a way, getting that win um, would see us going into, play into the playoffs, whether, whether it is Plymouth, whether it is Wickham or whoever we play, um, in, a, in a good stead. And um, I just feel, obviously, um, if results do I go, go our way, you won't be seeing me in that way and I'll be straight straight to the pub celebrating. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it's this Plymouth side is not nothing uh, to be sniffed at, like that they're a very good side. And Joe mentioned obviously Ryan Harding, Jeff Cott. They've got 35 goal contributions between them at top. So um they've got a lethal duo up top. Um 
but also we've got players who can hurt them. So um, I do feel like it's going to be a tight game, but I feel like once one goal goes in, um, the game's going to really open up and uh, let's hope we're on the better end of it. Yeah, I mean, how how do you think the Dons are Ross? Do you think it'll be fairly similar to the team against Morecambe in terms of like style and players in particular? Or do you reckon Manning will um, do his usual and maybe switch one or two players about? Um, well, I think it's it's what I want is Kasumi and Theo to start, but I don't think he will start Kasumi. I think he will start Josh McEachran. We've seen with the, in these, especially in these big games, he's trusted McEachran a lot more. And it's not a case of he's let the side down. Um, but I feel with Kasumu, especially off the bench we saw against Rotherham, how much of an impact he actually did have. Um, at Oxford, I, f- I do feel he came on a bit too late. Um, so he couldn't have that impact. But um, in terms of, obviously, the selection for the team, I would probably go the same team as Saturday, obviously, par Kasumu, and just drop McEachran in there. Um, obviously, you, talk, you talked about us having control of the ball. If we are to have that control of the ball, I do feel McEachran's a better passer than what Kasumu was. Um, and you talked about the channels in behind, if there are any. Um, Parrot Twine and Theo are going to be floating in there. I feel like McEachran can do them um, balls in behind. We saw um, briefly against Morecambe, um, Kane Kesler Hayden had that one-on-one chance against Morecambe and that was through Josh McEachran. So he's got an eye of the needle uh, pass through him. Um, and yeah, let's just let's just hope uh, Manning gets it right this time. Yeah, and, and there's no there's no secrets how Plymouth are going to play football, right? It's going to be short passes out mm-hmm. to the wingers, you know, bomb it down the wing and try and get across into the box. I mean, it's, there's there's not really like a a massive mystery behind that. It's no real plan B or plan C. It's how they played all season and the wing backs are that good that they got as far as they have. So you know, there's, I think there's a, a fairly easy game plan to try and implement against that. And that's playing through the middle and essentially probably drawing Theo and Scott in a bit more to make more of a box midfield. Um, and then having Troy up front on his own to try and make runs and uh, disrupt the back line. I don't feel that... Similar to Oxford. Yeah, really. exactly. Exactly. Which worked first half until they flooded the midfield, which is why we needed to bring Hiram off for another central midfielder. So would you say Hiram maybe gets a shout-out at starting them, Joe? No. <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he does start. Yeah. But if he lasts longer than 60 minutes... I would be surprised. Of course. So how do you reckon we'll start? How do you reckon we'll set up then? <laughs> Obviously, yeah, leave it there with Haran, but how do you reckon we'll actually set up sense of eleven? Do you reckon Kaz gets a start? Or do you reckon it'll be Josh? Um, well, I think you know, I, I heard a lot of uh can getting a lot of pelters um after the Oxford game, but you know, just to clarify, I think that goal is I think it's coming and um Louis mainly at fault for that goal. Yeah, I agree. You know, they get played in down blind alleys, both of them, you know, come in, can probably see that Louis's got two men on him. Louis then doesn't have any options, but instead of just putting it out for a throw-in even, he, you know, he goes inside. Obviously, McEachran, you know, he doesn't cover himself in glory, but he didn't really have any other choice. Um, but apart from that, I thought he bossed the game first half. And, you know, for me, McEachran starts... And again, you mentioned Kasumu. He 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 does make a great impact. Um, does anyone know what the situation with tonight is? Out for the season, well, out for the season, pretty much. Didn't confirm that, but 
But I, yeah, I heard, I, I heard yeah, mumbles about the playoffs, but I, obviously I didn't want to pay attention to that. I mean, yeah. from Manning's words, it's very unlikely from what he said in the press conferences, but obviously you know, that's the press conferences. So Managers known for telling the press exactly. the accurate injury information, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think um, hopefully Connor Wickham's is back as well. Was he on the bench on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he would be a good option to have. If he, if he is, hopefully, because, you know, let's face it, if we're 1-0 down, you're going to have to try something new, aren't you? So, um, you know, it, it's a must-win for us. And so, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see Jamie coming up for a corner or whatever, but I'd rather have the Connor Wickham on the end of it if we're going long. Yeah, he was missing on um, on Saturday, so yeah, it'd be nice to have him evolved and, um, yeah, Just an a good option. Option. Him. Exactly, exactly, mate. Super Connor, mate. What a player. Because, you know, playing the ball over this midfield, you know, uh, uh, we've seen before how many times high-pressing teams, you know, if we're going to play out from the back, oh, we might actually be playing ourselves into trouble. Let's go along. And we've seen it work a few times this season. Cheltenham springs to mind, um, Darlin to Issa. So, um, you know, a few more of them and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Enjoy the journey. Exactly, exactly. And I feel that as Ross kind of alludes to actually in terms of like the team learning lessons and experiencing new so experiences in many ways, you know, we've had that experience where we've had the sky cameras, it's been a sold out crowd now. I'd say that one of them we, we came through just about in AFC Wimbledon and we got a point from it. Of course, we won the strike from Troy, but we got something from the game, which is more than nothing. And it's put us in the position where we are now, where we could actually get to what we wanted to achieve um, these past couple of months or so. And um, obviously the Sheffield Wednesday game, which we had a abysmal start, quite frankly, and probably a bit, a bit unlucky not to get something from the end also. So I feel if we can learn from those lessons in this game, put it into a performance of 90 minutes, which we saw on Saturday, could be on to a winner. And hopefully results go our way to which we can, you know, have a little celebration on the pitch, I'm sure, on Saturday. If we yeah, do get second, but... Uh, Hey, listen, all we do is win the game and see what happens, right? Um, I'm sure Plymouth will also have that same attitude. Um, if they do win, you'd like to think they get into some sort of playoffs. And I think in that situation, we might actually play them again, which will be a bit, a bit unfortunate. But um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting afternoon. I'm sure a lot of a lot of score watching, uh, not from us, but a lot of people, I'm sure. And um, yeah, hopefully it's a positive one. But um, Yeah, just a quick note as well. You know, if we do lose or we do win and Rotherham also win, it's not the end of the world. We're guaranteed playoffs. And so it's, you know, it's a one in four chance of going up still. So arguably better odds than if we, you know, better odds of going up via the playoffs than it is going up on Saturday. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. And if we do, don't, if we don't go up on Saturday, you know, and chances are we won't, you know, it's a slim chance, but, you know, it's a chance nonetheless. Then let's just remember where we've come from this season and you know let's just you know we've got our, those players are going to be hurting so it's going to be lifting them back up ready to go again because you know four or five days later we're back at it so look if we don't go up Saturday it's not the end of the world we've still got a very good chance uh, to do so so um, just bear that in mind I think I'll have to remind myself to bear it in mind but um, <laughs> I'm just saying it now ahead of ahead of uh, Saturday yeah, relying on a Gillingham team that scored 35 goals a season isn't um isn't too isn't too great to be honest. But hopefully they can do something for us. It's gonna be 37 this season. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, uh, I sure hope so. Um, Speaking yeah, of 37, listen. um, how many points are AFC Wimbledon on? Do you know anyone? 
Oh, uh, might be the same amount. <laughs> oh, right. Does that mean mathematically they're down? Oh, no. They're not mathematically down, are they? But no, they need uh, a nine need, goal a miracle, swing or something. Yeah. Nine goal swing. So it's a chance. Oh, yeah. I think they're, they're, yeah. they've got, I think it's 2001 or something like that. It's a bit ridiculous. Easy money, mate. Well, it's a good job they're in such good form, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh. A 26 game streak. If we, can't of, um... if we can't celebrate something, we'll, we'll certainly be celebrating something else. <laughs> yeah, there'll certainly be something to smile about on Saturday, come what may. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, we hope to see you all there. Obviously, I mean, it's a very difficult trip with with um, the EFL moving it to 12.30. Um, what can we do about that? Nothing really. All we can do is sort the boys. I know we're travelling down on, on a Friday afternoon, so that'll be good fun. Um, but there's tickets still available as we speak. You know, the last batch went online uh, this morning, uh, Wednesday morning. So if it's not available, apologies, you missed, you missed out. But, you know, there'll be, I'm sure it will sell out by the time Saturday comes around and we'll have a decent crowd down there to support the boys. And a new ground for me, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's a new ground for all three of us, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Leaves me with only one more in the league. What one's that? Bolton, which I was moving warehouse. Oh, it's a crack of the way, Dave. Yeah, the bottom of the league too is very good. <laughs> the best I'm surprised you remember much of it, Ross, from reports. <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, no, it's um, no, it should be good. And say it'll be one of my lists, one of all our lists. So yeah, it's uh, looking forward to it, and hopefully it's a positive trip. And um, yeah, say so worst case scenario, we'll uh, we're back at it on Thursday. So we'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Uh, thank you once again for your support of the season. If it is indeed the last game of the season, uh, I'm sure we'll be back next week for a review of this game and whatever else happens. I'm sure there'll be something coming up regarding uh, the end of season awards, which of course are on Sunday. Um, for anyone going to that, fair play, especially if you're going to the game on Saturday because that's a long old trek. Uh, I know the players will be there, but any fans going to that also, uh, you know, salute to you. Um, yeah, but until then, uh, enjoy Saturday, everyone. I hopefully see you there. And come on, you nons. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.